Hello, lovelies. How are you all doing? This will be the second time you'll be hearing my voice this year. And come on, I'm super excited to announce to you that we are launching the season two of Silent Battles, a warrior story today. My name is Susan Obiechina, Miss Congeniality Nigeria, and your hosts. On the first episode of season two, I have a great guest. Someone who has showed the world that sickle cell is not a death sentence. Sickle cell is below her and she's the one ruling. We are talking of barrister Mrs. Uchenna. She has two kids. She's married with two kids. That's how much she has gone beyond and lived beyond sickle cell. She calls herself the sickle warrior. I really do want you all to hear from her. And I am super honored to have her on our podcast today because she's one person, people out there, not just anybody, sickle cell warriors need to hear from and to be inspired and know that sickle cell is not a death sentence. So guys, I don't want to break the jinx already. So the next voice you're going to be hearing is that of Mrs. Uchenna. Sit back, relax, and listen. Hello, everyone. My name is Barista Mrs. Uchina Stella Kingsley Onyiloha. I'm 35 years of age. I'm from Anambra by birth and by marriage. I'm presently based in Enugu State. Um, my occupation, I'm actually a lawyer by profession, but right now I'm part-time accountant. My hobbies are actually my passion. I love singing. Like, you could tell me anything I want to talk about and I'm like, ah, I'm a warrior, you know. I could sing about it. And I used to love to dance. I was born to it. I was born to it. I was a choreographer. And you could give me a song I choreography from beginning to end, even with my sickle cell condition. It's just that after the routine, I'd be gasping for air. But after taking some deep breaths, I get myself back, always rested after that. I'm a public speaker right now. You know, I go, I give talks. I'm a sickle cell advocate and activist, as you know. But I also speak on other things like mental health. I speak on... Um, bullying because you know i was bullied i'll get to that my genotype is hbss i'm a sickle cell warrior i found out about my complications at 12 or 13 when i was bullied but my parents knew about it when i was two years of age i didn't know about it because my parents never treated me and my younger brother who are both hbss as different from our elder ones that were hbas that is they had the trait because i guess they didn't want us to feel any differently i knew me and my junior brother fell sick and um, almost at the same time most times we'll be having transfusions and infusions you know together but i thought it was normal until um I was in school and I noticed I was exempted in command day secondary school then from corporal punishment. I mean flogging, jump, frog jump, you know, kneeling down. But I thought it's because I was a child of a 
of a military uh, man like everybody there is children of people in the military but my father was a high-ranking officer and most other children were soldiers i knew the the demarcation so that was why i thought i was exempted from um corporal punishment then one day there was a general punishment in in school and um I was exempted as usual. On my way back, I remember vividly I was singing a Celine Dion song and I was pushed. And they were like, oh, you know, this girl, you're always, you're always being exempted. What kind of rubbish is this? The other one was like, leave her, leave her. This one will soon die. I was like, what, what are people talking about? Like, I'm not going to die. They say Sikla like you. They called me um Abiko, you know, um, Obanji. You know that I will soon die before next year, and I believed it. I mean, I was quite young and impressionable, and I cried all the way home. And I was like, my parents. I didn't even wait for the car to come and pick me. I just because our house was not that far from uh, the the school. I cried home, and when my mom saw me crying, she called. She called me. I was like, what is it? I was just like, they said I'm going to die. They said I'm going to die. And she was like, what do you mean? I said, they say I'm a sickler, you know. Yeah, they called me sickler. So I didn't know what that was at that age. And they pushed me and I was bullied about it. And they said I'll die. And being at that age, I believed it. So my mom called my dad. And my dad was like, okay, here is your condition. It's true you had a condition, but we we're waiting for the right time to tell you. And we didn't want to treat you any differently because we know you're capable of so much more. You know, um, this is what it is. It's a, it's a genetic disorder. Do you understand? I say yes. You're, you have sickle cell. Your cells are sickled. They are not normal shaped cells and it comes with complications. I was just looking at them like, what are they talking about? You know, when your brother and you, you fall sick, those are the complications. But you know how to take care of yourself. We'll teach you all you need to know and stuff like that. And that was when I found that I was sickle cell. And I got um, more aware as I grew up about it, you know. And it's not, it's not, it's not a death sentence, you know. So that's how I found out about my sickle cell complication. So, um, I... <clears throat> The complications, um, I didn't really find out about them, as I said, until I was more aware when I was older, when I started my advocacy. When I, I wasn't always jaundiced. I wasn't lanky, like what people were telling me I should be like. Sometimes I'll actually have crisis and be rushed to the hospital. And the doctors will refuse that I'm actually a sickle cell patient. They won't treat me as one. And... My mom will insist, okay, take her blood and test it, and they will come back shocked. I'll be like, okay, treat her. You know, that kind of that kind of ignorance. Like, why would somebody claim to be what they are not? It blew my mind, you understand? So, um, well, the worst complication I've ever had from sickle cell was not jaundice, was not osteomyelitis. It wasn't even a leg ulcer. I didn't even suffer those things. It was a rare complication that I've only read of one woman in the U.S. some years ago that was that was amputated. Yeah, I had a very rare condition. They called it an occlusion. It wasn't um, 
discovered on time. Sorry, I get emotional when I'm talking about it. Um, so, um, it wasn't discovered on time. I just woke up one day and my leg wouldn't move. And it quickly deteriorated till um, it became gangrenous, but not a normal gangrene unless they would have known on time and I wouldn't have stayed in the hospital that long, but a wet gangrene, different. So um, I had to choose between my life and my leg. And I wouldn't say it was easy or that I chose right at first, but eventually I chose life. And that was the worst complication for me. I lost my left leg. Ah, the most important thing, sickle cell. Sorry. Um, the most important thing that sickle cell caused me that I can never forget is actually the same thing as the worst complication that I've had with sickle cell. Because I didn't have other complications. You know, I think one time, one time, I think one time yeah i had a mini stroke that was just a few weeks to my wedding i had already lost my leg then i think that was a complication but one time i was about 32 then uh so and that was i never had complications but the most important thing that sickle has cost me that i can never forget is my leg and then my love life but now i'm married so i don't really count that as what I'll never forget because definitely I've forgotten it, but definitely many men that said they loved me left me because I was sickle cell and then some didn't even start a relationship with me because they were, I was sickle cell but they cared, you know. Well, making a living. Um, I was doing pretty well before I lost my leg. Um, I, was a, I was a legal advisor in Abuja before the challenge of losing my leg and but now living with sickle cell and having this amputation is quite challenging i must confess like to do the normal things i used to do to get up to be a mother you know to to carry my child i can't do that sickle cell when the pain comes it's so dilapidating like it just feels so helpless you know and you know the medications the um the, the crisis, you know, I just, it's not easy being a warrior. That's why I called warriors because it's hard, you know, so it's difficult. It's doubly difficult because first I'm having the sickle cell, chronic disease, genetic problem, <laughs> excuse me, with my health and everything. And then the amputation, can't even exercise sometimes because I, I lose breath, my knees give me way, but basically related to sickle cell is the crisis. When it chooses to attack and stuff, I still have crises, yeah, I still do. Um, aside going to the hospital, excuse me, <coughs> aside going to the hospital, I don't know, it's just to hydrate. You know, I don't stress myself. That is, I don't exhaust myself. I hydrate. I drink a lot of water. I take my prophylaxis. Yes, my anti-malaria. That is my malaria prophylaxis. Um, sometimes, if I can't afford Paladrine every day, I take fancy that once a month as prophylaxis. I take my B complex, my vitamin C, my folic acid, my astimine every single day that's how i manage it you know um 
when I when I um, know that I'm exhausted, I take a very long rest. You know, luckily I have a very understanding husband. When I'm like, okay, I'm really stressed. You just like go and take a rest, go and go and lie down. I take a very good rest. Like, and when I have crisis and I and I get better, that is, I'm sick. The pains have gone but you're feeling it in you and you need a convalescent period i give myself enough time to convalesce you know i'm lucky to have a a boss that understands that that when i'm sick i need some time to convalesce my father has always taught me because my father is a doctor in his rights a doctor for two years you know in his rights he has told me about convalescent period like you could have serious crisis you handle the pain you take the the appropriate medication and then your body you feel better because the pain is gone and then you're feeling better but you don't realize as a sickle cell warrior you have to give your because if it rebounds it can rebound it happened once i was very young so the girl was in a boarding house i do not advise warriors to go to boarding house seriously so she was in a boarding house so they sent her to the hospital to her parents immediately she started having crisis they treated her just like the next day serious crisis so the next day she's like giving the um, anti-malaria and antibiotics and she, there's no more pain but the next day they discharge her and she's back to school so the tea rebounded and hit her 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 organ and she passed away so my father has taught us very early on about convalescing that means even if you feel better no more pains and you're feeling better because my father always say you know a medication is working when you're feeling better if you're not feeling better by a day or two after then that medication you're taking is not working for whatever caused sickle cell crisis so um i convalesce that's how i i uh, manage my condition well, my deal with stigmatization, well, I think I've spoken a little on that uh, because of bullying. I've been bullied. It's not that I wasn't bullied after that, but because of what my parents told me that day, they said, um, yes, <laughs> they arise, you will die. But my father said something. He said, everybody dies. You will die, but you will die when the God that made you come into this earth wants you back. But till then, you can do anything and everything you put your heart and your mind to. And men, those words have stuck with me till today. Even as an amputee, even with all the, 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 the obstacles in my way. Oh my God. When I, say, when I see a problem, like I just have to prove something. Because my father and my mother told me and prayed over me. I said, nothing will happen to you. You know, you would do whatever you put. And I did exploits. You know, I'm 30. I'm going to be 36 in, in March. You know, in my youth, before I lost my leg, I was every, I was in law. I was really in law, but I was a dancer. I was an actress. When I came out of school in in NYSC, I started a sickle cell awareness camp. That was back in 2011 awareness campaign that will go on i i wrote a a stage play i directed it i acted in it I, and it was a musical i sang in it you know i went to hospitals i went on tv i went on radio i did everything i had no 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 
as it's not that people they stigmatize oh sickle say oh this one <laughs> you know ah you can't do this now ah you sickle say you can't join this dance group what what's the routine teach me the routine and tell me i can't dance it i'm dancing it tell me what i can do i wrote my first book in 2000 and 2013 my first book sold out you know i'm a survivor that was the name i was done with hiding i was done with people say ah if you write a book and say you're sickle cell uh, nobody will marry you i was like oh this is why i haven't written a book and it's like i'm hiding who has married me they keep coming they keep leaving you know so i was stigmatizing that you know when there's another girl in the picture because i felt i had to fight for love because the odds were stacked against me turns out at the end i didn't have to fight for love i was fought for even as an amputee and sickle cell you know so yeah there were people that there are some jobs that i wouldn't be given because they felt i couldn't you know manage it because i'm sickle cell i never hide i take it as a id card you know i'm sickle cell okay but i can do this but you know um mostly it was in my love life you know that um sickle cell discrimination and stigmatization i remember this man um yeah i remember looming yeah we were to get married and his father found out our sickle cell and he said over his dead body that he, he was like i'm a doctor i'm a i'm the only kind of man she can marry and i can take care of her he said what will his people say and he couldn't weather the storm our love or his love for me couldn't weather the storm of standing against his father so he turned his back on me i guess that could be my stigmatization or discrimination i guess and um, nothing else because <laughs> you know um the myth i want to debunk about sickle cells is, <laughs> is that we don't act it's not only one myth okay let me choose between uh you die early um you can't have children um you can't take care of your home um uh okay let's debunk the one that you can't have children my brother his second child is due any week now i have two children my brother has two children his second child is due any week now i have two children so let's debunk that but i still want to remember i still want to remind people about the woman that died at 94 in lagos an icon a beacon in the secret cell community so let's just debunk that rubbish okay i'm a mother i'm a wife i've had children for my husband I still run my home. It's difficult. It's, it's doubly difficult. But I know many warriors that run their home, that do it. We go out there. We make that paper. We come home. We run the. We come home. We run the home. What are you talking about? What can't we do? Okay. So I'm debunking all the myth, girl. I'm debunking all the myths. Okay. We can do it. You set your mind to it. You do it. Don't let people put you down, man. Don't let people tell you things and get in your head because I had a couple of friends that heard that they were going to die early because of sickle cell and said they are going to live life. They started smoking and drinking and that was what killed them, not the sickle cell, but from smoking and drinking because people got into their hell, head, okay? So, um, 
a word of encouragement to people is that or the people that are here to know about sickle cell is just i think that's on our part to make people aware we have to do it as long as we are born sickle cell it's our it's our prerogative we have to make people aware of it we cannot say it's not our duty or what it's a duty you're going through something do you want the next generation to so we need to make people aware so that's for people that who are yet to know about sickle cell and those that know about it and choose to play deaf ears <laughs> let me tell you something mm-hmm. you see um, know your status and know the status of the person you are dating on the first date don't wait until feelings start popping up don't say ah, if i tell you you run see <laughs> oh god my mother did you know that was about 41 years ago my father knew he was as because something killed his elder brother when they were young he'll be playing ball with them one day and the next day he'll be screaming my back my leg my this one day he died from it and my father that was why he became a doctor i need to know what killed my brother my father became a doctor and found that it was sickle cell tested himself and found that he had the trait as carried it as his when it was time to marry he carried it as his his id card so when he eventually met my mother first thing he asked i'm telling you this is 41 years ago so i don't think we have any excuse now not to ask whoever we are seeing we are dating what's your genotype and she said i don't know anything about genotype what is a genotype you know so he took her to a hospital a teaching hospital for that matter and they gave her a result of aa all was good and well that's why i always tell people get you tested in two or three different places to be sure you understand but my mother still bears a guilt my mother still bears a guilt and she, this one she didn't choose it all so let me just tell you that they are playing deaf to being aware of your genotype before you make that leap to marriage and making children there is a love greater than whatever love you think you're feeling for that man or that woman it's the love for your child i have counseled a couple that were <coughs> jesus that one as the other one as they said no they said that one the first and second one will be as as then they will have only two they had only one daughter they love themselves so much they said they can't live without each other so they came to me that time i was a copper they say you're a sickle cell you do this um advocacy see what is happening i love my daughter so much i knew that my wife was as but i thought that we can make it but now my daughter is always in pain and i'm hating my wife for it i said why are you hating your wife you put me the decision he said he can't he can't see that love now all he sees is his child in pain i'm like see you made your bed lay in it and do it okay i'm sickle cell i'm here i'm a copper i did it take care of your daughter but I don't advise you to have any more children he said he's not even trying he's not even going to try that one you understand Hi, yes, you marry another. That's another problem. 
he's now deciding to marry another person that is a to have more children probably a son for him you you carry on more than you want to do not play do not turn deaf ears to knowing your status and the status of who you want to spend the rest of your life with i know what love can do it can be so blinding but you need to open your eyes when you are not aa once you are as or ss there is no i love him i can't see my life without him my dear see it especially ss people those are the ones i don't understand like an ss person going to marry as because i've seen it but definitely let's not play deaf ears today i don't want to talk too much on that but i'm very passionate about that because i don't want people to keep making these mistakes i mean these are lives we've lost so many people to sickle cell disease let's not take for granted that we are alive and we are thriving there are people that are not number one we need to make as much people down to the grassroots if i had the capacity to go to every village and explain this i would do so down to the grassroots we need to make people aware of this condition okay i'm ready i'm ready someone calls me somewhere it's just about logistics but i'm ready you know and then we have to sound it sound it in relationship issues do not say love love in short on the first outing don't say why will i ask him that question on the first what are you talking about when do you want to ask him is it when you're invested when your heart is in it you can't think or see clearly is it when he is invested first date um hi we talk a little bit get to know each other at the end i just need to tell you this because it's going to define this relationship whether it goes further or not what's your genotype uh i'm as wow you're a really nice guy you're a really nice girl but i cannot see you anymore we can be friends but i can't see you anymore i am ss i am as i can't even see a future with you so there's no point us continuing dating we can be friends that's being conscious the person decides if all he wants from you is dating friendship or you know leave it be so um a word of encouragement hmm. let me tell you something the encouragement i'll give you now is twofold the first thing i'll give to warriors out there who are here to come out of their shells and share their stories and expire others is that anybody could die i'll tell you what my parents tell, told me everybody dies you can go out tomorrow and get hit by a bus i just watched the little girl she was 11. she had suffered so much because she was born with hiv aids that was back in 1996 i think i just saw her video i was in tears because she said it like a pro at 11 i didn't even know how to say that but she is correct you can go out tomorrow and get hit by a bus and die why are you hiding how can you blend in when you were born to stand out stop hiding you were see let me tell you something eh? me i'm not a mistake and i don't think any human being living with sickle cell anemia sickle cell disease is a mistake in fact 
do you know that God wouldn't have given you this cross if he didn't feel you were strong enough to carry it listen to me you're not a mistake you were given this cross to inspire people there are people that, that, that are tied to you you cannot hide and be afraid of what people will say they're already saying it so why don't you come out and shine blossom thrive I mean come on I have a book I wrote after I came out of losing my leg losing my then fiance losing everything and the book's name was I thrived thrive for as long as you're in your shell you can't move as long as you can share your story to inspire others what is the point it is it is the greatest thing they say the greatest thing is to achieve and do that which people thought you couldn't trust me it's the greatest thing and it's the it's the best thing to make things positive and it's the hardest thing but believe me it's worth it i stand loud and i stand proud i will not say it's not difficult i know it's difficult i mean i'm entering my 36th year living with this with everything you're facing the stigma the, the fears the, the 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 mental the the mental health capacity the depression the 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 self doubt the unforgiving wish that you could be different i've lived through it but i'm telling you you can shine bright like a diamond so you can't no matter how long you hide in your shell you can't blend in the moment you were born you were born to stand out so stand out shine bright like a diamond you cannot hide the star you cannot hide a lamp under a bushel or under uh, something to block it out then what is it there for my word of encouragement is stand proud stand tall in all your glory because every day you leave <laughs> you have fought a battle and you won and what will your legacy be it's not how long one lives it's how many lives were touched you could live to 94 so what are you waiting for and believe me if you're afraid of coming out of your shell because you're afraid of losing love it's a good thing to come out of your shell it's going to weed out the wrong people for you so that you leave space for the right people for you so i wish you all the luck and remember being a warrior is being called to battle whether one chooses it or not but be ever ready to fight that battle that's why we are called warriors it was wonderful speaking to you guys today thank you susan for having me bye sick warrior uche out yes that's my instagram handle i wasn't hiding when I made that handle, it says Siku Warrior Uche. So Siku Warrior Uche out. We can achieve this together. Bye. Oh my God. <laughs> 
see oh my god this is just it this is it <laughs> okay like i didn't even want it to end because i was literally spoken to i don't know for you guys though but this is it um barista mrs uchenna really hit it on the head she gave it out without reservation and that is what we're talking about and i'm really grateful to god that i was able to have her on my episode today when um um someone referred me to her i was when i went to her page i was thinking i was gonna see a very like um maybe a teenager or somebody of my age and i saw somebody looking very old enough and i'm like okay aisha i'm going to be able to talk to this person to come on my podcast well along the line i'm like okay i think i should because she looks like someone was gone through a lot and has more to say and um I had to slide into her DM on Instagram and when I did that she was so welcoming and willing to talk and this is what we're talking about not hiding in your shell she said so many things I kept nodding my head like like a lizard come on like she was just saying so many correct things so many things that everybody needs to know it can't be overemphasized sickle cell is not a death sentence you can achieve what you want to Whatever you present to the world is what they will take you as. If you hide in your shell, then you don't exist. If you come out, they can say whatever they want to say. But whatever they want to say is depending on what you present. So with with the way um, Barista Mrs. Uchenna has actually um, packaged herself, I doubt if anybody has the right or the guts to come say otherwise or repeat the things they used to say to her when she was bullied. I know there are people out there who still try to say stuff about her, but come on, it can't even like affect her in any way because she has actually developed a thick skin against all these haters, all these hating words and all that. And I'm really grateful to God that there are people like this who are sickle cell warriors who can still stand to inspire a whole lot of sickle cell warriors who are down, hidden, and feel they cannot do anything. Thanks to all my lovely listeners for listening to this point. This this has to be the longest um, episode and the most interesting i'm not saying other episodes were not interesting but but this this got me the stories the in-between stories the details it was just it for me and um thank you barista mrs uchena for coming on board and thank you for all the listeners but those that will listen to this whenever um thank you so much too for taking time to listen to it i'm really grateful and i still remain your host Susan Obiechina, Miss Congeniality Nigeria. You can listen to this podcast anytime, anywhere um, on Spotify, on Anchor, on Overcast, and so many other um, podcast platforms. Thank you guys so much, and you'll hear from me next week. Do have a lovely Sunday. I love you all. Bye.